Young Rebel Network. As you can see, we've got everybody here today. We've got P. Grant, PG as I'm <laughs> going to call you from now on. I just decided that right now. Sounds P. good. P. Knight, Weaker Vessel, and The Great One. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a great name. I feel like that should stick. We're here. Every, every, Literally every nickname you've tried to give yourself has not stuck. It's because I've been cursed. The, with the Vanilla Knox. We were trying. <laughs> we tried. I was so, so happy with that one I too. I tried so hard. Yeah. I was so happy with that one. It just didn't work out. Instead, I got Pooty or Pooty or <sighs> Pooty Tang or whatever. Junk <laughs> yeah, what yeah, um, but we're all here. Look at yeah, us all. Hey. Bam. In freezing cold Canada. Yep. The snow is literally uh, horizontal at the moment. Which not, is good. not falling like no, and not a beautiful Christmas dusting of snow. <laughs> well, that fits for that fits for 2020. Everything goes backwards. Things don't work right. <laughs> Biden's president elect, sort of. I think maybe I am. I don't know. Actually, half the people on my Twitter feed are president elect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like president elect John Harris. Oh, if he can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah You know what? I'm now president elect Pooty. There you like, go. Like, <laughs> I have president Pep. That could be a nickname. PP? That'd be, that'd be great. I'd make 9-11 a holiday in the States. That's one of my platforms. Okay. 9-11. What you else guys? You what else <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's trying to incite an argument. Yeah. Four day, four so day the point week. of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Six-day work weeks? I'm not popular at all. <laughs> But it's biblical. There it's you go. Biblical. Well, we are um, here together, and we just wanted to. We're we're amping up for um, kind of a, a big relaunch in January, where um, hopefully everything will become consistent again. Weekly Rebel Podcast, Weekly Awakening Reformation, Great Exchange Podcast for Cultural Reformation, Fathers of Faith for Covenant Kids, um, and in the meantime, as we uh, as we kind of bank some content, we just wanted to talk about i felt like we couldn't just go through this whole time without talking about the election and everything that's going on and uh what, what election the great election <laughs> oh. um is this going out in january no this is about a this couple weeks right yeah yeah this will go like we'll, we'll put this out okay. next week or something so um and definitely by the time we put this out we won't still we won't know who the president is because that's it's gonna get locked up. that's not happening yeah. anytime soon no the so, worldview election as they call it well and that's the thing so we just kind of wanted to chat through it because um i've been shocked and even just as um as a pastor and and seeing um different people in in the church and and different people online and and some sort of big eva leaders who have disagreed on a lot of stuff going on so we just kind of want to chat through the election and everything's happening and uh, even though we're all in canada now <laughs> um <laughs> what happens down south affects us big time yep and uh and so the idea that we're s- sort of sitting in this interim period and we don't know what's going on as it stands right now uh trump has uh, launched legal action in, in really all of the swing states and uh, depending on the algorithms of your social media feed, he's either doing well or not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we just kind of wanted to chat through uh, that and everything that's going on and kind of help you think Christianly about it. Because if you're anything like us, um, you know, there's division in family. There's division in, um, you know, your churches. There's division on your social media feed. Um, as Christians argue about whether or not Trump was the worst person who ever lived. Um, or or if he's, you know, Cyrus, you know, uh, molded and shaped by the hand of God for such a time as this, uh, and everything in between. So why don't we just chat about it a little bit. Uh, You guys were in Canada for the election, which might have been weird for you. So why don't you talk through election night as you guys were watching it all unfold? We didn't. 
Actually, you did. Yeah, I was kind of paying more attention because um, I was hoping that it would go like last time where he just kind of slowly swept through and by the end of the night you were like, dang, he really <laughs> took it. But then, and actually you messaged me pretty, pretty late like, oh my gosh, what is happening? It's like middle of the night and nothing looks nothing looks good right now. And, and that's the way it was. You went to bed like... What's going, up? what's going on? Depending well, on when you went to When I yeah. went to bed, Trump was up and it looked oh, really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, and then you woke up and it was like that, you know, they just stopped counting out of nowhere. And then in the middle of the night, tons of votes come in only for Biden. And how do we explain this? And it, the mail-in voting and dating and, well, who is it even lawful? And it's like all this stuff mm-hmm. within like a couple of days just started piling in. And you're like, I, my first thought was like, this is not going to end quick. Like this is this is weeks and weeks. I don't now. think we were as dialed into this election as we have been in years past, though, because I blame algorithms for that. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying, like you and I personally, because yeah. I I think that we really thought Trump was just going to take it, yeah. no questions asked. It was pretty obvious to us, even in New York, which is always like very liberal and progressive. Mm-hmm. Even they had tons of Trump parades, and I think the Brooklyn Bridge was. Yeah shut down a couple times in support of Trump and things like that. So it's just kind of unheard of. Yeah, that never, I don't think that's ever happened in New York City before. What's interesting that that Biden um, underperformed Clinton in New York, right? Have you seen this? No, no. Right? So he he received less votes in New York Hmm. than Clinton did. And yet... That's because his wife was like, what was she? Was she governor? You mean Hillary, right? you mean Hillary last? What did I say? You said Clinton. Clinton. Oh, yeah, Clinton. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean Hillary last oh, okay. time. So, so yeah, Hillary last four years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. So Hillary four years yeah. ago got more votes in New York than Biden huh. did this time. And yet Biden got like, like, I want to say 450,000 more votes in pretty much every swing state. So, yeah. so let's talk about this <laughs> on a couple of levels. Let's talk about what to think through all the accusations of fraud. How should we as Christians like engage in those sorts of unknowns can we speculate should we speculate and how do we kind of how do we how do we think through that so what do you think yeah i just think i think for thinking through the fraud and all that stuff i think i think time will tell so mm-hmm. um I'm 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 prone to conspiracy theory. I'm prone to read every article on <laughs> on the internet and be like, see, this proves this and this. And whereas I I actually think there are very very big red flags in terms of like the way the processes went. Like you mentioned, the the voting was just stopped, and then all of a sudden it was like hundreds of thousands of votes for Biden just came in. I, my thought process is let's let's wait and see what the courts say. This isn't going to get settled until it gets to the Supreme Court. And the only thing we can do at this point, like. We can't re-vote at this point, so we can pray. Not that me and Nate ever got to vote in the first place. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. but we, like, try. we try. I'm a wannabe you, American. You probably um, could have voted, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but only did. for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if dead people could vote for Biden, then... Uh, <laughs> Don't Surely then a Canadian could have. No, I just, I, I think, but I think, like, patience is probably what's needed at this point in time. Yeah. Um, wait, let's wait and see what happens. Let's wait and see, because we, we could end up finding out in the middle of December that Donald Trump is legitimately won this election Mm -hmm. um which you know there's a part of me that thinks that might be the case um and then the other thing is like we're we're always called to like um not to bash our leaders but to to support them and whatnot so how do we do that we pray for them and so i would say right now when there's uncertain the best thing we can do is is kind of pray for it and then just get educated on what's happening like i don't think um i think 
I think part of the problem with, and even in, I found even in like Christian circles that I'm in, um, there's just so much bad things that people are reading. So like they read like whatever pops up on their Facebook on either side. And I think try to get educated on everything that's happening from reputable sources, which is probably the hardest thing to do right. yeah, in the first exactly. place yeah, yeah. before you spout off on the lip because there's, you can you can lose your credibility here a lot faster than you can gain it. Yeah, that's kind of a good saying. point. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I think Christians should be okay with with uh, through all of this is that we do want to look for the truth. So if there is fraud, then then we should look for it. And either side, if there was fraud, we should be okay right. with um, that side being investigated and that the truth would be found out. Some of the accusations right away with like um wanting to find out if there was fraud was just like oh you, you're just being a crybaby and you just don't want to give up you're doing you're sore doing loser. what yeah, oh, yeah. sore loser all that and it's like but we should just be like uh those who love truth and so if something is fishy then we do look into it because right. we believe that you should be given a fair trial and that there's witnesses and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I, I, I find that part, I'm going to I'm gonna bash a little bit here now, but um, I find it funny that they, like, the overwhelming message on social media now is to, like, stop being a whiner, stop, like, just accept it. Yeah. When it's just like, Hillary has yet to, if it, to the best of my knowledge, still hasn't accepted 2016. <laughs> like, and so it's well, like, it was, yeah, it was why two weeks we... before the election, she basically said that, that the 2016 election got stolen from her. She used that language two weeks prior to this election, which I found hilarious. But I, I agree with, I agree with what you guys have said. And I think, um, so the idea of like loving truth means that we, we pursue truth. And I guess part of my point is, um, we have an opportunity, we meaning those of us who I think, no secret here, I think we all would, would much prefer a Trump presidency. And I actually do want to talk about that because that that should be more obvious than it is yeah. in evangelical circles, right? In, in like reformed Christian circles, that should be more obvious than it is. But beyond that, um, you know, for years now, we've been, we being like the conservative Christian um, voices have been talking about due process, right, and um, backing up accusations with facts and all that kind of stuff. When you think through the the sort of lynch mob that was going after Brett Kavanaugh yeah. mm -hmm. when he was getting um, confirmed, um, and we've been saying due process, due process, due process. So I don't think there's anything wrong with Christians pointing out some of the voter irregularities that seem glaring, right, and some yeah. of the the potential fraud that again seems glaring mm -hmm. well still wanting there to be a due process right we're we're not saying that biden should concede the election because of all of this no no let's prove it let's yep. let's get the mm -hmm. truth out and and the the reality is no matter which which person you want to see in the president's chair you should want a fair election to have put them there yeah right like Absolutely. you you should you should want like you should not want if you are a um a christian who who voted for Biden. We might have other things to say to you later, but one of the things you should definitely not want is for him to have gotten there by cheating. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think that's true. Okay, we've alluded to it a few times. So there there are guys that we we respect or have respected or <laughs> however, however you want to say it, um, who are evangelical leaders who uh, leading up to this election very strangely 
were making, if not cases for Biden and the Democrats, were at the very least trying to appease the conscience of Christians mm-hmm. who would be voting for Democrats. Right. It's almost, and, and trust me, I, I understand this pressure of wanting to create peace in your congregation so that the Democrats and the Republicans in your church aren't fighting. I get, I understand where that temptation comes from. It doesn't mean it's right. And so let's just talk a little bit about some of the pastors and, you know, we're fine naming names, but whoever you want to talk about. um, And and I'll just throw it out there because I thought that um, the back and forth, I I guess it wasn't so much a back and forth, but uh, when John Piper came out with his article that seemed to be um, really lacking in some discerning areas about how Christians should use their vote. Right. Um, I appreciated Doug Wilson's response, and then I think I think based on his second um, uh, uh, post that uh, Piper reached out to him, emailed him, or called him, or something, and then he he uh, he went further. But I, you know, a guy again who I love, who I respect, has been very uh, formative in my theology and my pastoral ministry. But I mean. To equate the sins of boastfulness and pride with the sins of really murder, murder right? Like, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and I'm sure all of you have been accused of the same things we have in terms of, um, you know, oh, you're a one issue voter, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, it's kind of a big issue. I'm like, it only <laughs> takes one. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> right. That's it. It only takes one issue. Absolutely. And like my response to that generally is, you know, if uh, if one of the candidates was for slavery and the other was against, would you be a one issue voter? <laughs> would that one issue be enough <laughs> exactly. for you? Right. Because we've said it before. Abortion's far worse than than slavery ever was. Well, one's a sin and one's a crime. I mean, both are sins, but yeah. one is a crime. Yeah. And true. murderers should be put to death. So if you're okay with murder, then you shouldn't even be able to run for president. Right. Yeah. yeah if exactly. you're pro murder. Yeah. Like, done. That's such a good distinction, babe. That sins versus crimes yeah. differential when it comes to offending God. Right. And you know it. It's carrying that 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 understanding that any sin condemns you to hell over into this other realm mm-hmm. of politics. But even we know that certain sins in our lives do carry greater consequences. Lying to your spouse or being prideful when you're out driving with your spouse and being prideful with... Why do you got to use that example? <laughs> because I might have exhibited this one time in our 12 years of being married. But um, but that is a whole lot different than murdering them. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's... you. Could, we just have a real world. And that's what it is, right? Like we, we um, often just, I don't know, walk away from just understanding our faith in the real world, how this works between you and me um, and the consequences that are right there in front mm-hmm. of us. That's Piper got sorry, but Piper got super lofty, right? With just, um, you know, as he does with his yeah. language, but he got very lofty and very pietistic. Like, yes, if you vote one way, you may be voting for a blah blah blah, but it could be excused because you're voting for this that, and it all went down to like, well, it's this altruistic feeling in your heart. Like, what was it when you hit the vote for button? in your heart what was that going on yeah it's like there's no excuse like even was there joy in god right. <laughs> while you were clicking yeah. The, the, poor, yeah the poor will be helped what and did like, what did pastor troy text you because he texted you something that pertained to this oh i yeah I wish it was really good but it was basically like a warning like whatever you do don't become so uber puritanical that you like are unplugged from reality yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, don't become so pietistic yeah. like this that you become like useless to the world or something yeah. like that. 
That's like, a, it's a good yeah. point, right? Because we all know those people, uh, and it could be a variety of topics who who have such a vast knowledge in it, right? You like I I don't know I, I'm not much of a techie guy, and so I've had people who are like, oh hey, how do I get this thing? How do I stream this from my computer onto my you know my TV? And they'll go through and they'll tell you way more than you need to know. I'm like, I just need to know what button to press to get this on there. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me about, you know, what BPI means and all these. And I, I don't know any of that stuff and I don't care. At the end of the day, I just need to know practically how to do this. And so you have a whole lot of Christians who are just practically, literally, they're trying to honor God with their vote. Mm-hmm. And there's such a plethora of opinion. And as we've said, so much misinformation out there. They're yeah. looking to their pastors and their church leaders to like, how do I do this faithfully? And then you get this this pious gush that's basically telling them the same thing the world is, and that is just follow your heart. Yeah. Like, how bad is that? Yeah, yeah. so true. Well, it's, it's like what we were we were talking about earlier. Um, the idea of like, you can have all the knowledge in the world, you can know everything about a subject, but if you can't explain it, it's useless to everybody else. So if you put that in like a mm. theological framework, you can know everything. But if you can't apply it to culture around you, it's actually dead theology. It's mm-hmm. not useful to you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, what I, I appreciated what MacArthur said when he was like, what's the biggest problem with Christianity today? Discernment. And the discernment, just simply not being able to take what they know and apply it out in their lives to make yeah. wise decisions. And I think and I think that's where, like, I think that's where Piper fell down. Arrogant for me to be like, John Piper fell down here. But, like, <laughs> that's where I think he, he, he misses the mark where a Doug Wilson doesn't miss the mark, mark yeah, at that right. point. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, as you're thinking through politics, and so I I do want to make that, like, clearly we believe that, but I think it's worth stating the point is, like, I do think there's a not just a place, but an actual responsibility for pastors and church leaders to be weighing in on these things. Like, you should help your people think through how to vote. Like, if you're one of those people who are listening and say, oh, I wish my pastor hadn't come down one way or the other on this, hadn't endorsed a particular candidate or whatever. And and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place, right? I don't know if you need a, a, a Trump 2020 sermon series or something. Yeah, and, you know, the pulpit, the, the, yeah, the pulpit. You the, might have increased numbers that Sunday for <laughs> better or worse. Better or worse, yeah. Um, outside as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the pulpit's a place where the Word of God is preached. But if you're not helping the Word of God connect with the things that are going on in their lives, right. let's be honest, because you said it earlier, uh, Chris, that this is a, a worldview election, right? And I think Joe Boot said that on the last podcast. The worldview here. I thought I it, made that up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Prudy um, was uh, telling Joe the other day. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it, it really was a, a an election about worldviews because where Trump and where Biden want to take the country are completely different directions. Right. Right. One is is you know straight into socialism, and and the other one is to try to preserve some manner of um, kind of constitutional freedoms. Um, of worship, and and I, I I say that there'd be plenty of people who'd balk at that. I think, but I think it's I think it's very obvious when you when you look at the two parties. There's one that wants to sort of tear down what is to rebuild yeah. something better, and there's better air quotes yeah. for anybody who's listening to this and not yeah, watching it. Right. Um, and uh, and then somebody else who wants to sort of go back to or to preserve what's been successful, and uh, so it's it really is and. I, I was thinking about this. Grant and I right now are preaching through um, the book of Jude, and um, Jude is is telling Christians to contend 
for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying like, you know, the, the political direction of the two parties, one is is the Christian application of it or, or whatever, but I am saying um, that this happens in the church as well, which is why I think so many Christians were caught up in the, the, the democratic platform, is there's this idea of like a progressive Christianity, right, that, that has evolved and you know, cultures change now and sexuality has changed and we know mm-hmm. different things about biology and all this kind of stuff. And so we have to reframe how we understand the Bible. And that's the sort of, that's the direction that I see um, Big Eva going. That's the direction that I see, you know, the Democratic Party as it relates to the country going. And then the conservative view politically is similar to the conservative view Christianly and that is defend what was delivered, defend what we had, yeah. go back to point. the roots. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a very good point. And the Big Eva crowd has, for years, um, slowly been walking away from the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see the cracks in a lot of different areas with all of the wokeness or the race stuff, or even with like some of the you know psychology and uh, stuff that that's come into. Mm-hmm. Um, weaken our trust in the sufficiency of scripture and um gender issues and then sexuality is a huge Mm -hmm. thing and so like you what this has done and what these uh two sides um has revealed is that is that mistrust in the scripture Mm -hmm. you know because it's right there it's clear um ad robles did several videos showing how the democratic platform is literally all about breaking God's commandments. Like <laughs> like at the second table killing of the babies. Killing babies, yeah. taking your money, yeah. they're fine with adultery and like sexual perversion is totally right. fine. Coveting is fine because uh, you know, like think about like pay gap stuff or right. inequalities. Yeah. So mm-hmm. coveting is broken there. He like went through all these and it's like, but why? Because we don't want to study that part of the Bible. Or whatever it is, they've walked away from tota scriptura, right? If not, we don't want to look at all of it. We just want to take these, help the poor. Boom, we we can hold that one up, and then right. it's just cherry. Well, he also talked about how Christians need to stop allowing um, Democrats to frame things for us. Yeah, and we are so terrible at like saying we're not going to answer the question that way. Let me rephrase it because that's the actual question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even had people say things like, well, you you believe that a woman's place is in the home. Does that mean she can never work? Or do you, like, they try and frame things in such a way that they trap you. Right. And we just need to stop answering questions like that and stop believing the lies. Like, are you okay with children going hungry at night? We should, we should have a welfare state and have, you know, options available for single moms who need some way to house their children and feed them. Like, you don't love the poor? Bible says love the poor and like they're framing it in such a way that actually is just wrong right because they frame it so that what they're trying to tell you is that the only way to do that then yep is to go with exactly and if you don't go that way then you hate children you're not actually pro-life yeah and racist and and you're right we we so often (laughs) step into the way they've framed the question and answer it on their terms, mm-hmm. right? And I, you and I had this conversation not that long ago. I think mm-hmm. it was your old pastor Troy who was talking about just the um, the reality of postmillennialism, yeah. as evidenced in the fact that we argue now about how best to care for the poor, as opposed right. to whether or not we should. Because if you go down through history, there are plenty of of re- very recent civilizations that had no regard for the poor. Right. 
And so now, and, and so in, instead of answering, well, yes, so there'd be plenty of Christians, yeah. oh yeah, but you know, the Democrats kill babies. Right. She's like, well, you haven't answered their question and you've let them keep the idea that, that the Democrats right. care best for the poor and so now you're pitting, right. you know, caring for the, the pre-born versus the post-born, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how it gets framed. And it's like, well, no, actually, I think the Republican platform better cares for the poor because it's more a more, a more biblical view. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I, I can't remember who said this. It might have been Rush Dooney mm-hmm. um, where he talked about the two forms of equality where they you, you can either fight for equality of outcome or equality of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and he says, you know, the, the, the general conservative view is um, the, it's, it's equality of opportunity. Right. Right. And, and uh, I think Doug Wilson actually, uh, maybe he said it or, or he framed it like this. He gave a great analogy. He said, if, if life is a football game, right, conservatives want the refs to call holding on both sides, yeah. right? Pass interference on both sides, mm-hmm. right? Pass interference has to be the same thing for one team as it is for the other. Mm-hmm. They want equality of opportunity. Whereas equality of outcome, right? The liberal form of government is we want the score to be the, the same at the end. Yeah. And the only way you can make the score the same at the end is if you're omniscient and, and you control every aspect of yeah. the game, right? Yeah. And so that's a great, I think that's a great analogy for the two different views. And that is, what do we want? We want uh, a quality of opportunity so everybody has the equal opportunity to you know care for themselves and them, their families right. etc yeah. and so it's not about like you're saying it's not about um one cares for the poor and the other doesn't no no it's it's arguing over the means by which we mm-hmm. care for the poor yeah i heard it i heard it uh, said where it's like you know that phrase teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for life you give him a man to fish for a day he'll right. eat for a day and that's kind of how I look at the two like platforms. The yeah. Republicans are trying to teach people how to make a life and live, yeah. whereas the Democrats just want to give you a fish for today, and mm-hmm. like you'll need that fish again tomorrow off the same. And they want the to print people. fish out of clean air. <laughs> 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 print more fish every day. Well, and it's never fish. okay to steal someone else's fish to feed another person, right? Well, like if you have two yeah. fish, I may not take one of yours yeah. to feed to Pootie. Well, don't you care for the poor? I do you care for the booty? Oh, 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 you privileged person <laughs> with two fish? I would, I would give you all the fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it is, like, as you can see, there's, there's a pl- plenty. I was thinking through this because I, um, I was preaching through Ruth not that long ago, and one of the things we kind of stopped to let people see is when, when Naomi and Ruth are in Moab, mm-hmm. they're gleaning in the fields of Moab, but when they're doing that, they're literally just looking for scraps left over. Whereas when they go back to Judah, right, go back to Bethlehem, they're able to glean in Boaz's fields, and, but they're able to do that in a country where God's law makes provision for the poor. Mm-hmm. And and the God's provision for the poor was not that Boaz would go and, and split his income with Naomi. Right. God's provision was that they would leave the corners of their field unharvested uh, so that the poor could go and work and glean and actually make a living right. for themselves. And they were able to do that day after day after day, right? So God's law makes provision for the poor. And so, you know, we don't we're not all field owners with with you know, barley to harvest, but, you know, we could be so lucky. Yeah. Um, that would make us anti-fragile. <laughs> True. But, um, but, you know, how is it that we, that as Christians, we can find ways in our lives to not squeeze every last little bit of profit out, but keep it for the poor. That's what biblical charity looks mm-hmm. like. 
it's on an individual basis. It's not on state. Yeah, it's not on the business. state, right? And and I mean, all this comes back to sphere sovereignty as well, right? Is yeah. that this this is at the end of the day the the state government. And truth is, neither side of government is good at this. The Republicans aren't very good right, at staying yeah. in their lane either, but they're slightly better at it. Yeah, slightly better, which is why we usually want to go with that one. Right. Um, and then even Trump, you know, for all of his uh, misgivings, um, was doing that, right? He was taking away regulations or whatever. And someone, I don't know, if we were talking to someone together. No, I think it was uh, Glenn Sunshine was being inter- uh, interviewed by Doug Wilson. Um, and he was, or cross politics, whatever, it's all the same, right? Um, <laughs> but he was talking about like under Obama, the, the laws of the United States was like 97,000 pages, just ridiculous. And then now under Trump, it's gotten down to like 75,000, which is still a lot, which is still, <laughs> still a lot. Yet people were like, God's law is so cruel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the that's Chesterton, right? If you want, if man yeah. will not abide by the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments, he'll abide by ten thousand. He'll abide by seventy-five thousand pages, <laughs> pages of worth. Yeah. Like, Nehemiah would be ripping out everyone's beard. <laughs> well, yeah. <that's, laughs> Just forget it. Taking that off. Like, yeah. so you don't have them taking your hair. It's fine. Yeah. But like, maybe yeah. that's why women shouldn't vote because we don't have beards to tear out. <laughs> She said it. <laughs> have you guys seen that map of like what what yeah, the election yes. would have looked like if only land owning men had voted? It's really, yeah. I, I, have, I have a I have a friend who's it's in, glorious. in Washington. Right. I have a friend who's it's in very, right, Washington right. State, and Washington in all those like memes, Washington State never turns from blue. Yeah, and he's like he's like so basically it doesn't matter what happens in my state, we're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah matter cool. which demographic is only voting. He's like, why did I go to this school? Because he's at Washington State. You know, oh so. man. And he's like, why did I go to this school? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, why do you go on missions there? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. Sorry, can I go back to something you said earlier. I, I think it's funny that like we have this we have this thought process that pastors can't talk into politics. Oh, like yeah. that you're not allowed to say anything about like who you'd vote for or anything like that. But we we ask you to basically guide us through how you th- we think about. All- all of our other life decisions, mm-hmm. but yet this one we don't want you to even yep. mention. But it's also funny, like, the Bible's full of political talk. David was actually a politician. Yep. Like, we talk about, there's like, we, we were talking yep. about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, yep. Abednego, tons of people who are actually just literally politicians in scripture. But then the other thing is, like, there's no verse that says that. Like, how no. we, we hold you to this, like, don't act in action, look at you too. Don't talk <laughs> about politics, guys, but there's no verse that says you shouldn't t- inform us about politics. It's one of those, like, Weird. It, it is weird. I I, you know, I had a I had a conversation this week with somebody who was kind of espousing that view. And but I, here's the thing: it's like it it's sort of like because of how divisive it is. It's like I have a theory. You have a theory? Yeah, is it a conspiracy it, theory? Uh, so the tower didn't fold down straight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. For really good reasons why. Um, but the whole that's, the side that's of Patreon, the <laughs> that's Patreon content. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, this this is all Rush Dooney's fault, but it's because this statism is the religion of the land, the right. and the West. I think the West is really mm-hmm. captivated by it. The you know USSR and some of the other communist countries that have now fallen. Those people immigrated here because it was heck of a lot freer and they're seeing what's happened this year. And we knew a couple from mm-hmm. Brooklyn and they were like, 
y'all, you cannot go through with this. Like, this is exactly where it starts. And we ran here from it. But that's the idol and that's the God now. So when the Gideons or whoever come and start tearing that down, so when the pastor says, you know what I mean, this is wrong, the government shouldn't be doing this, you're messing with their gods. Mm-hmm. And so it really upsets them. Tearing down the high places. All right. It, you know what's interesting? It, so, I mean, <laughs> that was a hot take. It's good, though. I, um, you know, it's interesting that uh, when we think about the idea of statism, you know, um, I, I've, I've talked to, to non-Christians before who think about, you know, oh, like, you let this old book dictate how you live and what you do and what you do with your finances and how you raise your kids and what you eat and like all this stuff. And (laughs) well, and, but, and, and then what's interesting is like, and we'd be like, and, and yet your gods are now telling you don't gather for Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? Put, you know, put a cloth mask on your face, stay six feet away from loved ones. Don't go to church, you know, don't travel outside of your bubble and okay everybody seems and, see, people, <laughs> yeah. and, and and people seem completely okay with that right so it like i was just thinking about that as you're talking mm-hmm. about statism and i mean clearly clearly there's a, a measure of obedience to a deity when like i just but it's a not year, really a new obedience right it isn't but like can, like a year and a half ago could do you, do you think anybody would have listened if the government was like don't meet with your family for Christmas. Everybody would have laughed at it, but and I think this is yeah. incrementalism mm-hmm. works, right? Yeah, and like true. COVID has just like rushed, like it's just everything gets fast forwarded, mm-hmm. and incrementalism like works, you know? For yeah, well, it's because they've been living in government housing, they've been eating government food, they've been sending their kids to government schools, and the list goes on and on. And so then you throw in COVID, and the claws are already in deep, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are in deep. Well, that's depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we're like, uh, so, so, um, thanks for watching the rebels. (laughs) But it starts, it starts with just speaking the truth though. Right. Becoming anti-Christ. Call it, call it a false God. Call call the statist idea, uh, a false idol. It's, it's in, um, the book of Daniel, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The idea of ultimate allegiance to the God ruler of that nation. And back then, most uh, empire rulers did see themselves as the manifestation of yeah. God on earth. Mm-hmm. And Nebuchadnezzar wasn't like unique. <laughs> yeah, no, mm-hmm. Pharaoh. They were all, uh, yeah. That was super common. And um, so anyway, we just kind of call it for what it is and speak truth because the truth sets people free, right? Right. And, and I think there are, so we can recommend some people because I think Glenn Sunshine's a good example. Yes. Um, you know, Sierra Wiley's talking a lot about this stuff. Um, and Aaron Wren, right. There's some mm-hmm. guys who are talking about how to like, you know, pull yourself out of the cog, right. Like how to like disentangle yourself yeah. from, um, all of the areas where you're so in bed with the government. And, uh, and I do think like, just because we're post-millennial doesn't mean that we don't see blips on the radar right, on the yeah. progress. Right. And, and I really do like, especially if, if Biden gets in um, and uh, you know, there, there will be a time where there's persecution. And like, mm-hmm. when I look out at how the evangelical churches responded to having churches shut down and stuff like that, 
we got a lot of work to do, right? And maybe right. God in his mercy gave us this to like separate the wheat from the chaff and mm-hmm. show us what faithfulness looks like. Um, because if it is going to get worse from here, we need churches to be a lot more faithful than they were the first to go around. Yeah, I think. To bring it all the way back around though, you can't be a John Piper, right? Like you can't be trying to like hold two realities together that can't exist. Right. You right. need to be okay with the chaff blowing away. And, and that might be the best thing for the church. Yeah. yeah. It typically is. Yeah. Pluralism doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you brought this up the other day, babe, where we can't, like, what what is kind of happening now is during the time of Gideon, like, God's kind of thinning out the ranks, yeah. possibly, and finding those 300, finding those who are still alert while uh, getting the water mm-hmm. for refreshment, that even during... It's the Christians who, even during the the times of rest, quote-unquote, like during Trump, Christians didn't really have to worry about too much, and they were making some progress. But a lot of them were sleeping at the wheel, like most big evil was kind of falling away. Yeah. Now this might come, and God's like, yeah, I need to get all y'all out, because mm-hmm. I need my real faithful who, even during like the more the restful times, yeah. <laughs> even during the water break... They were fighting and pushing and doing my will, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. That's really good. It's, uh, it's, it's funny how often um, in, when there's not a crisis, you know, so you were just talking about the mm-hmm. Trump years as rest. And I imagine there's a lot of Christians who... Uh, quote, and, unquote. Well, yeah, and I, I actually <laughs> thought about doing new air quotes, but, but, and I'll get to that yeah. in just a second, okay. but like... Um, you know, who, who looked at that and like, what are we squabbling against? I don't like the way he uses Twitter. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I don't like his orange, orange face. Like, and, Which, by the way, is massively racist. Just throw <laughs> But, yeah, the, like, think of all the citrus fruits. Intersectionality. But, like, that's what we were squabbling about. There's going to be no shortage of things to be angry about mm-hmm. legitimately. Right. Um, if the Biden-Harris um, government takes over. Um, but air quotes yep. around some of the... And, and I guess this is the other part, right? So, yes, I think that the faithful churches and the unfaithful churches, like, I think I, there's somebody who, who said this, somebody that I respect who recently said this, <laughs> and I was like, had that check in my heart where I'm just like, that's not right. Oh, no, he's probably right. <laughs> where he was like, you know, all of, the, all of the churches that are shut down right now, I hope they never open again. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, he's probably right, right? Like, that's a, that's a hard thing to say, but, like, yeah. and, um, but here's the point, is that even in some of the churches with maybe unfaithful shepherds or cowardly yeah. shepherds, um, there, are, there are real Christians, and hopefully mm-hmm. they find them their way to mm-hmm. faithful churches, right. and, you know, you're, you're preaching this week, wrapping up Jude, and yeah. there's that, like, you know, plucking those yeah. from the fire, right? Yeah. There's, there's that idea of, like, there are some who have been caught up in all this because yeah. guys like Piper and, and like when we say that, we're saying that with like trying to say that with respect, like Piper has right. had years and years of faithful biblical teaching, but he missed the mark on this one. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of people who who followed him there and followed some of these leaders into dangerous areas. And, and they need to be picked back up. They need to be won back. They need to be like coaxed back into faithfulness. Yeah. Right. And uh, and you know, maybe whatever's coming is going to wake them up out of that. So, so there is the like, yeah, pray for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speak the truth for sure. And also just look for those people who have been caught up that, you know, relationally, and you've seen fruit, like 
trust in that and and try to win back your brother, right? I like it. Yeah. Cool. Good. All right. Hope that was helpful. Yeah, I hope Everybody. that was helpful. Man, it's going to be... It's gonna be good doing all this together, eh? This is this yeah. is good stuff. This is a party. I yeah. love it. <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> all right. It's the Awakening Rebel podcast. <laughs> cool. Sign it out. Sign it out. I like that. <laughs> get woke. Get like rebel. Get rebelliously woke. Get rebellious. Get rebellious. Yeah. Until next time, get rebelliously rebelliously woke. Nice. Okay. Like I think we All just right. did. We think we just did a thing. That's how we brainstorm, everyone. <laughs> While we're recording. That should have been Patreon like, content. <laughs> yeah, right. And I feel like you just fade out the conversation. Like it, we're still talking, and it's just like fade out. Fade out. Yeah. We're playing Friday.